Good morning, Cornerstone family. My name is Kathleen, and today's scripture reading comes from 3 John, verses 1 through 15. The elder to the beloved Gaius, who I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoice greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth, as indeed you are walking in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, it is a faithful thing that you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God, for they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles, Therefore, we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. And not content with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers, and also stops those who want to, and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. We also add our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. I had much to write to you, but I would rather not write with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet the friends, each by name. May God bless the reading of his word. Greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope and pray that each of you will have a blessed Thanksgiving day with uh, at least a few of your family or friends present. Uh, be mindful of COVID-19, uh, the spread that is happening now, and so practice social distancing, wear a mask, and wash your hands often. Unfortunately, we've been instructed to gather in small numbers for this Thanksgiving. So, or just, they've said to just stay at home and by ourselves, um, just to help stop this spread. Normally, Thanksgiving is a good time for us to gather with our family and our friends or our co-workers to show hospitality to them and uh, especially to those who may not have family in the area or um, may need a special uh, time of encouragement if they're struggling in some way and Thanksgiving is a great time of the year to do this but uh, we need to be cautious and so please be wise in how we gather this Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, uh, many times we experience hospitality on these special occasions, um, but other times we may not experience it. I remember one time when I was uh, warmly um, impressed with the hospitality given to me. Uh, it was in 2017. I was on a team of four people, uh, with four people, that went to Indonesia. And uh, the team was Brian Lee, uh, Megan Yuan, 
uh, Bethany Chan and me. And we were in Indonesia and worked with an organization that took uh, us to villages and then um, had us live there uh, with the villagers for a few days as, as kind of like a, uh, at least as a cultural exchange was um, how they explained it to the villagers. And we were surprised to learn that this organization uh, didn't have any pre-communication with these villages that they had determined we would go and stay in. But they would, we would just show up and then uh, unannounced, and then two from the organization would go into the village and talk to the chief and explain that there's this group of foreigners that would like to stay with uh, families in the village uh, for a few days and learn about their way of life and their, um, what they do for, you know, um, like industry or what their professions are and, and just learn about them. And the chief would say yes uh, and be excited. And then he would arrange for families, which families we would stay with while the two came out of the village, got us, we got all our stuff and we'd walk into the village and meet at the chief's home. And then by that time, the chief had arranged for which families we would stay in. And then we would go and, and uh, stay in homes. I remember uh, it was myself and my translator stayed in one home. Brian and his translator stayed in another home, uh, which was some distance from where I was. And then uh, Megan and Bethany stayed in another home, which was just a couple houses down from where I was staying. And that first night, they served us dinner on the front porch uh, of my home. And, and the neighbors all came out to watch us eat. And my home was close to Megan and Bethany's home. So these two families that were hosting us uh, worked together and fed us all together that night on the front porch in front of my home. And what impressed me most on, what pressed me most on my heart about this experience was how these villagers who lived very simply but had full lives just welcomed us into their lives and into their homes. Like we were part of their group, their family, their friends for so long time. And this, not only with our families, as we walked around the village, people would just invite us in and welcome us and treat us so much with so much warmth. Now, I bring this up, this memory, because Christ-like hospitality is the focus of this letter and also the lack of Christ-like hospitality. Um, both of these are brought up in this letter of 3 John. So this is the last message of our series titled, Walking Like Jesus. And this series has taken us through the New Testament letters of the Apostle John, uh, which are 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And today we study the last of these letters, 3rd John. 1st John was not written as a letter, but more like a general teaching or a sermon. And we learned a lot from that. And then 2nd John was written as a letter, uh, but a letter written specifically to a church community, a local church. And then now 3rd John, as we just uh, heard read, is written to a man named Gaius. Now, it's interesting, uh, as I was studying this, there's one theory that is, was most interesting to me, 
uh, and explains these three letters that maybe they were delivered as a packet. So John wrote all these pretty much at the same time, and he delivered, he had them delivered by this man, Demetrius, which is mentioned in our text today, 3rd John, and he came with all three of these letters, which then it means, it explains that 1st John was meant as a general teaching that was to be shared to many churches in the area uh, there. And then 2nd John was to specifically the church community of this man Gaius and Diotrephes, who's also mentioned in the letter, 3rd John. And then 3rd John was specifically to Gaius. So this was all delivered by Demetrius. That's one theory. We can't confirm that, but it seems to put some pieces together pretty well. Now, all of these letters of John deal with walking in truth and love, as we have heard. Or another way of saying this is walking like Jesus, thus the title of this series. The Apostle John's reason for writing 3 John to Gaius was to encourage him in continuing to practice Christ-like hospitality, especially to these traveling missionaries of the truth. Now, John also called out Diotrephes in the letter, uh, who was someone who liked to put himself first and who didn't acknowledge the authority of the apostle John. Um, Diotrephes spoke wicked nonsense about John. And not only that, but Diotrephes didn't practice hospitality toward these missionaries of truth, and he worked against anybody else who was trying to show hospitality for these missionaries. He tried to stop them from doing so. So 3 John starts with the Apostle John identifying himself, just like he did in 2 John, as the elder. Now listen again to verses 1 and 2. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Now, an elder was a position of authority and was someone whose life was an example worthy of the church's imitation. The title was very fitting for the Apostle John because he was an old man at this point in history. We said this letter would have been written around in the 90s AD. Uh, 60 years after Jesus' resurrection, around there. And he also was, had special authority because he was the last surviving apostle of, from the 12 that were traveling with Jesus through Jesus' ministry on earth. And that gave him very special um, authority. And so John refers to Gaius in this letter as beloved Gaius. And this uh, and then he refers to Gaius simply as beloved uh, three more times in this letter. This word beloved expressed John's deep and genuine care and love for Gaius. Uh, John also added the first time, he said, beloved Gaius, uh, whom I love in truth. So he's just spelling this out very clearly. Then in verses 3 through 6, uh, right after this, John rejoiced with the people that had uh, shared with him that when they had been with Gaius, um, that Gaius had showed them great hospitality, this Christ-like hospitality. And this is what John described as walking in the truth. We know this because John describes this very clearly in verses 5 and 6. 
Let me read those to you. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testify to your love before the church. So Gaius welcomed these traveling missionaries when they came to him. And he provided food for them and gave them shelter and probably arranged if there was, uh, I would imagine if there was too many for them to stay in his home, all of them, then he probably arranged with other people he knew uh, that could also show hospitality toward these people. And he treated them like family. And this is Christ-like hospitality. Christ-like hospitality is treating people like they are family. See, God is our Heavenly Father, and He creates all life. And so therefore, He is the Father of all people, whether they believe in Him or not. He is their Father. And as the Apostle Paul said in Acts chapter 17, verse 25, He Himself to all mankind, He Himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. This is referring to the Lord God. Strangers who do not follow Jesus are our brothers and sisters who have rejected the love and care of their Heavenly Father. And so we are to called to show hospitality in the name of Christ to them, welcoming them into our lives um, so that we can share with them the love that their Heavenly Father has for them in Christ Jesus. And so try to bring them to be reconciled through Christ to their Heavenly Father and brought back into the family of God. As pastor and author John Piper has said so well, the ultimate act of hospitality was when Jesus Christ died for sinners to make everyone who believes a member of God's household. An example of Christ-like hospitality is this girl named Ashley. Now, Ashley had been a small group co-leader for a high school group of girls for years. And in their senior year, uh, the co-leader, the beloved co-leader uh, with Ashley, um, had to go. They had to move away. So she, she moved away, and it devastated the group of girls. So after this other co-leader left, uh, one of the girls in the group stopped coming. So Ashley reached out to her and prayed for her for months um, because she was absent. She never attended any of the meetings. And then one night, this girl returned. And Ashley ran out to her and gave her a big hug and told her how glad and uh, joyful she was to have her back. And then a few weeks later, this young lady was baptized. And in her testimony, she said that it was the way that Ashley had freely and lovingly received and welcomed her back to the group uh, that helped her more clearly see Jesus. And this was all because Ashley allowed God to transform her heart and to be able to practice Christ-like hospitality toward this young girl. Through faith in Jesus, we are God's family. We are children of God, and we see those who do not follow Jesus then as like lost family members who we can welcome back into our lives or welcome into our lives and then point them to Jesus to be reconciled to their loving Heavenly Father. 
if we are like most people, we probably think practicing hospitality is equivalent to what we have seen in movies or advertisements or magazines or something. Everything needs to be perfect and delicious and entertaining. But this is not hospitality. This is just entertaining guests. Practicing Christ-like hospitality is not about glorious table settings or platters of delicious food. It is about loving people and treating them like their family. Romans chapter 12, verse 13, encourages us all, saying, practice hospitality. Now, it's interesting, the New Testament was originally written in the Greek language, ancient Greek, and the word translated here as hospitality is philozenia, and it's a combination of two Greek words. Now, I don't usually get into the Greek, but this is very interesting. So it's, it's this one verb translated as hospitality, philozenia, is actually two Greek words that are put together to make this meaning. And philos simply means affection. And xenos, the second word, means stranger, like xenophobia, right? Xenos. And so while this word is usually translated, philozenia, as hospitality, it signifies an affection toward strangers. And the letter of 1 John makes it plain that when we love others, then we are showing the love that we have for God, but also we are demonstrating the love that God has for others, other people. And God loves us completely and unconditionally. Christ died for all. Right? It's not based on anything we did. And therefore, walking like Jesus in hospitality, we love and serve strangers. And we love and serve others in our own church community. The Apostle John rejoiced that Gaius was practicing this Christ-like hospitality toward these traveling missionaries of the truth. And John described them in verses 7 and 8 of 3 John, saying, For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore we ought to work, I mean, therefore we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. We participate in the work that God is doing through missionaries or others like them, by showing hospitality to them. And part of that is supporting them financially. Part of that is accepting them into our homes or serving them in whatever ways, trying to help them meet their needs when they're in our sphere of influence. But there are obstacles to Christ-like hospitality. And John describes a very big one in verses 9 and 10 of 3 John. John mentions this man, Diotrephes who refused to practice Christ-like hospitality toward these missionaries of the truth and stopped others from doing so as well. The reason? Why? Why would he do something like this? Well, John describes him as that he liked to put himself first, and he did not acknowledge the authority of the apostle John. John wrote about this in verse 10. So if I come, I will bring up what he is doing, talking wicked nonsense against us. 
A big obstacle to Christ-like hospitality is the me-first mentality. Diotrephes liked to put himself first, and this mentality kept him from practicing Christ-like hospitality. John wrote in verse 9, I have written something to the church, but Diotrephes, who likes to put himself first, does not acknowledge our authority. When we put ourselves first, we care way too much about things like how we look or what people think of us or how we compare to others or how much money we have or how well we can entertain others. It's often not easy for pastors to visit others in, or people in their homes. It's very often, it's, it's like more complex than you would think it would be. Um, and it's partly or mainly because of this me-first mentality. Uh, if someone is coming over, the thinking is with this mentality is that the house needs to be immaculate. It has to be super clean. Um, there needs to be delicious snacks and tea and coffee to provide the visitor, the guest. Uh, the kids need to be well-behaved and, and the rooms need to be clean just in case. Everything needs to be perfect. And so it's too much work and too much pressure to have someone over. So now's not a good time. Uh, maybe some other time. Yeah, and, and this me-first mentality prevents allowing people into our lives, into our homes. For example, there was a time I, I was really embarrassed uh, during a visitation to someone at their home. I had an appointment to meet this high school student who was about to be baptized. And I was going to meet with them one more time. So we had scheduled it, and I drove to their house, uh, and I rang the doorbell and waited. And I heard people moving around inside, uh, but nobody came to the door for quite a while. And so I knew they were home. I knew they had heard the doorbell, but nobody was coming to answer the door. So I waited and waited. And finally, the door opened, and the mother uh, greeted me. And I explained that I was there to meet her child to prepare for baptism. Um, but she looked confused, and she said that she had thought that the appointment was the following week. And then it hit me. She was absolutely right. I had, I had misremembered. I, I didn't remember right, and so I was there a week early, uh, uh, unexpectedly. Um, so I apologized and I said, oh, okay, so yeah, I'm sorry and I'll come back next week for the appointment. But I could see she was conflicted, the conflict in her eyes. She wanted to invite me in, but at the same time, she absolutely did not want to invite me in. And so for that moment, I could see the turmoil in her and then she explained to me that, you know, um, she didn't expect me at this moment, and so please excuse the state of her house. And then she invited me in, and it was very nice of her. So I went in. But you can imagine the awkwardness in my heart of how I felt uh, going into that house, and because she felt awkward <laughs> about allowing me into that house. Um, and, you know, the house was not bad at all. I mean, I didn't even... I didn't even notice that it was, quote, messy. Uh, it just looked normal. See, the biggest obstacle to showing Christ-like hospitality 
is a me-first mentality. And we think what we have or do not have determines if we're able to show hospitality or not to show hospitality. Um, some of us may think, like, I don't have a place of my own. I mean, I live with my parents, or I, have, uh, I share an apartment with others, or I have roommates, or I live in a dorm, I'm in college. And we may think of these things as preventing us from showing hospitality in the way we think of it. But think about it. Jesus didn't have a place of his own either, right? He didn't. In the New Testament, we see the early church regularly gathering together around a meal in order to fellowship together and grow spiritually together. And this example of gathering together was set forth by Jesus himself, uh, who never ever owned a home of his own so he could have guests over. No, he didn't have a place of his own. But he still found ways to share a meal with people who were interested in him. He, he thought of how to do it anyway. Whether it was out in the fields uh, or it was in other people's homes <laughs> and things like that. He, he found a way. Putting ourselves first means our wants and desires uh, are more important than others and their needs. And therefore, Christ-like hospitality is impossible to practice at that moment when we have this mentality. Jesus called us to deny ourselves, to take up our cross and follow Him, meaning to walk like Him. Christ-like hospitality treats others like their family. And if we invite them over and they you know, ask if they could bring something along, then we welcome it because they're family. Family pitches in, helps out. We don't say, no, 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 you don't need to bring anything. I'm going to provide everything because we want to treat them like an honored guest. No, treat them like family. Um, when we finish the meal, ask them to help clean up because they're family. Treat them like, okay, let's all pitch in together, clean this up. And then we can sit and take, you know, have a cup of coffee or something and talk. Uh, treat them like family. Um, we're more comfortable in someone's home when they're comfortable that we're in their home, right? It, that's when we feel the hospitality. But if everything needs to be excellent and the food needs to be delicious and they're embarrassed when something doesn't quite work out the way they had planned, um, in that kind of setting, then we are not that comfortable in their home. Christ-like hospitality is treating people like they're a part of the family. It's not entertaining guests. That is not Christ-like hospitality. For example, my brother Mike recently stayed in our home. Uh, he's early retired, and so he came by himself, and uh, he stayed with us a few nights. And I set up an air mattress for him. Uh, we've got a new air mattress, queen size. We put it on the floor in the basement. I had blankets and sheets, and he had a nice setup there. At least I thought so. And as family, he felt free and comfortable to give us feedback about our accommodations for him. So he mentioned that after the first night that he was super chilly, um, and he figured out that it's because the air mattress 
was right directly on the tile floor on the basement. And so it acted like a heat sink. And what that meant is that the cold tile kept the air in the air mattress cold. So when his body was on top, trying to heat, you know, stay warm, that cold air was sapping the heat out of his body. No matter how many blankets he put on top, it was always cold on the bottom. So he mentioned that. So we solved it by putting a barrier underneath the mat mattress so that uh, that wouldn't keep working that way. And the second night, he was, it was completely, it was a lot better for him, more comfortable. And then uh, at the end of his stay, he mentioned to us that uh, he, there was these house centipedes that he had killed multiple uh, centipedes throughout the stay and that he found crawling around in our basement. And so we have a centipede problem. Uh, he killed a bunch of them, he said. My point is that if Mike felt like a guest in our home, he probably would not have mentioned any of these things. He would have tried to figure it out himself because he, he would not have felt comfortable. But because he was family and the freedom to share and talk because he wants to, in a sense, up our game of being welcoming and, and treating others in a comfortable way, uh, he, he shared these things so we can know about it and prove. And May and I really try to create an atmosphere in our home where people will feel eventually like they're part of our family. And we know when we are successful. For example, if somebody gets up and gets themselves a drink uh, without asking, that's acting like they're part of the family. Or if we finish the meal and they just get up and we start cleaning up without us having to say anything, they know they're just acting like they're part of the family. Um, or they get up and help themselves to a snack uh, that wasn't necessarily out on the table. That's acting like family. They're starting to act like family. It takes time, you know, for people to, because everybody comes from a different family experience. But that's when we know we're starting to see we're being successful in creating an atmosphere, treating them like their family. The Apostle John, after writing about Diotrephes and his lack of hospitality, he commanded Gaius and also therefore us in verse 11, saying, Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. We imitate Jesus. We walk like Jesus by the power of His Spirit who indwells us through faith in Him as Lord. We walk like Jesus. We live like Jesus, showing hospitality to the people in our lives, treating them like they are family, welcoming them into our lives. And this is how Jesus calls you and me to live as His followers. Listen to what the Apostle Paul wrote to the churches in Ephesus on how God desires us to extend His hospitality or His hospitable heart to the others in the world. And this being the primary, one of the primary missions of His church on earth. I quote, You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. 
He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. Jesus is the cornerstone, the ultimate example of hospitality. Christ-like hospitality is not to be something we add on to our lives, like another task we need to do to remember. No, it is part of who we are in Christ when we have Christ indwelling us through faith. And it flows out for our love for one another and for others outside the body of Christ, our lost family members. It is the cornerstone, this Christ-like hospitality is the cornerstone of our mission given by God to make disciples of Jesus. May God give us grace to respond to His welcome to us in Christ by welcoming others into our lives freely and pointing them to Jesus as the reconciler of our relationship with the Heavenly Father who loves us dearly. Let's pray together. Father, we are so grateful for your love for us. We know you loved us first. You reached out to us in Christ Jesus once and for all, making a way, Jesus being that way, to you, to being reconciled, to being uh, adopted but back into your family as your children. Lord, we pray for those in our lives who come to mind, our coworkers, our family members, our blood family members who don't follow you, our friends, um, our relatives, the people we bump into. Lord, may your spirit move in us and give us a love and desire and passion to reach out to them, to welcome them into our lives, to invite them, to show Christ-like hospitality to them as a part of who we are and you, your children. Enable us to do this for your glory's sake and for the spread of your kingdom and the gospel. We ask this in Jesus' name and in his authority. Amen. Happy Thanksgiving, Cornerstone. We'll see you next week.